All right, good morning again. You know, it's, fu- it's funny, it, look, looking out from my vantage point, it reminds me of like, going, you ever been to a wedding where on, one, on like the bride side, it's like a little heavier and on the groom side, it's a little lighter. Y'all ever seen it? It's, it looked kind of like that this morning. So it's just, this is, this is the place to be, I guess. I don't know. Maybe you guys, if anyone wants to move, that's fine. Um, but uh, excited to be together, excited to worship together this morning. Um, I, just, I wanted to start as we're, we're, we're starting the series that we kicked off last week. And, um, you know, my question for, for you this morning is, is how, how are you, really? You know, how, how's your heart? How are you doing? You know, we say that all the time. Hey, how, how's it going? How you doing? And um, I think if we, if we really paused and thought about that question uh, and really asked that question and then created space to hear one another, um, that God would really do some amazing things in that space. And really, that's what we're trying to do with this series is just create that space, right, where we, we can say, um, how am I doing, Lord? You know, I, I said last week, it's been, a, it's been an intense and difficult 18, 20, I've lost count, right? These months have been hard in a lot of ways. And so it's been hard on our heart. And I think uh, we need some TLC, from the Lord, and so that's part of, part of what we're doing. But you know, I gave you this image of just drawing near to the heart of God, you know, his heart, his great heart, and, and our you know, fragile, small, sometimes hardened and cold, um, but just needy heart, drawing near to his, and his great heart, just kind of warming our heart. That's, that's what we're after, right? Um, and that's what we're after when we gather here. We, we sung about it this morning. We're gathering because we want to be with Jesus. We want to encounter him. And, um, and so that's, that's our prayer as we go through. And this morning, we're going to specifically look um, in this series, we're going to look at the heart of Jesus. Um, we want to focus in on what is his heart like as we draw near to that heart. What, what is it he wants to do uh, in us and with us this morning? So, as we get started, I want to invite you, if, if you don't have it open, the words I just read from Matthew chapter 11, just ask that you maybe grab a Bible or some Bibles on the seat backs near you, and you can grab one of those, and, um, and we're going to look at, uh, at these words in Matthew chapter 11, just consider Jesus' heart. You know, there's no better window into the heart of God than look, looking at the heart of Jesus. And so that's what we want to do this morning, is look at the heart of Jesus, um, to really understand God's heart. Uh, so Matthew 11, let me just read these words again because I think they're so simple and yet they're so powerful, so beautiful. Jesus says, come, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light, he goes on to say. Amazing words that reveal the heart of Jesus. So this is fascinating. This is the only place in the entire Bible where it explicitly describes Jesus' heart. This is the only place where it says this this is the heart of Jesus. This is what it is like. Now we we get plenty uh, implicitly about Jesus' heart. But this is the only place in the scriptures that says this is Jesus' heart. And so I think it, it warrants special attention 
Right? So, okay, let's pause here. This is, this is important. This is a picture of what is going on in Jesus' heart. He says, let me show you my heart. Let me show you the core of who I am. And I think it's really important. It's, it's something we, we think about a lot when it comes to what Jesus has done. Right? We, we talk a lot, and rightly so, about what Jesus has done. What has Jesus done for us? And we've been singing about what he's done for us. He, he, he came for us. He died for us. He rose from the dead for us. He ascended. He sent his spirit. He'll return for us. All the things that Jesus does. But I think a lot less often we focus on who Jesus is. In, in a sense, who his heart, at his heart level, at the core of who he is. Who is this Jesus and so I, I want us to do that. I want us to focus in and, and kind of go deep dive on the heart of Jesus and really focus on who he is. Because I think in a lot of ways, he's not what we expect. He is not like what we might anticipate. Deep down at his core, this is what he says. He says, I am gentle and lowly. This is the king of the universe, all powerful. God in the flesh, all the things that you might think he might say about his heart. And he says, I am gentle and lowly. I am gentle, he says, humble, not proud, not vengeful, not harsh. He's, he's gentle, but he's not weak. Sometimes we can conflate those two. Oh, gentle, weak. No, he's not weak. He's strong. But beneath his strength and his majesty, there's this, there's this tenderness to his heart. This, this tenderness and this mercy that's unexpected. It says he's gentle and it says he's lowly. Again, he's, he's humble. There's, there's, there's this overlap of, of lowliness and gentleness and it, it really, I think, is rooted in his humility. He's humble. There's no pretense with Jesus. He's not concerned with, with status. He doesn't care about perceptions. He doesn't want to play the, the game that we like to play, the human power game. Right? He's not interested in any of that. He's strong. He's confident. He's totally secure. And at the same time, he's totally accessible to us. He's gentle and he's lowly. And so what Jesus says here is he says, he says, come to me. It's this invitation into Jesus' heart. You know what? It's like, it's, it's like being invited into the holy of holies, right? Remember that, that place in the temple, the very presence of God dwelt among his people. It's, it's that sacred of a space that we are invited into here in Matthew 11. It's, it's this sacred, divine, intimate place where we get to come into God's very heart. It's Jesus and us together. Now, I don't know, when I, when I, when I hear that and I allow that to sink in, you know what, I, if I had to like, give you a physical picture of how I walk around sometimes, like in my spiritually frenetic kind of reality, I'll kind of walk around like this, right? And it's almost like when Jesus says, come to me, come to me, come to me, come to me. I can, I can almost begin to relax. I let my shoulders down. You know, I, I stop clenching my fist. I can actually breathe a deep breath, right? That's the invitation. That's what a gentle and lowly God 
offers us, this, this place where it's Jesus and us together. And so that's the invitation. Jesus says to you and me, he says, come, come to me with all your burdens, all your failings, all your disappointments, all your regrets, all of your wounds and fears, and know that because of who I am and because of my heart and because of what I've done for you on the cross, this gentle, humble, lowly Savior takes it all on himself, and he takes care of it. He has taken care of it with his death on the cross and his resurrection. He has taken our burden on himself and frees us so we don't have to walk around like this we can come to him. Jesus says, come to me. I don't know where you are. I don't know the condition of your heart, but I know where I am. And I know that I need this. I need this invitation to come to him. Over the past year, I've realized just how easy it can be to not come to him. To go looking in other places and seeking after other things. You can do a lot of things for God. You can think a lot of things about God and you can still go for a long time not living with Jesus. And so this morning, the invitation is come to me. Come to Jesus so I think there's, there's three things that stood out to me about these few words of Jesus. And I just, I want to share them with you. And the first is this, that Jesus really does invite us into his heart. He invites us into his very heart. Come to me, come to me, Jesus says. How incredible, come to me. We need Jesus and we get to actually come to Jesus himself, nothing in between. Jesus, access to the son of God, God in the flesh. Jesus says he is the only way to God. He is the only way to the rest we're longing for. And so he commands us, come to me, come to me. So simple. And I need simple. In my life, I need simple, clear directions. Come to me, Jesus says. He makes it really easy. But it's interesting. It's not like, you know, our, our dog Winnie, I can tell her to come. You know, I can give her a command you know, and this is a command in a sense, but it's not that kind of command. You know, it's not like talking to us like we're dogs. Come, Jesus says. No, no, it, it, there's a nuance to this come. It's actually a, a unique word for come in the New Testament. It, it, there are lots of different words you can use here. And Jesus used a particular one in the Greek and it has this nuance to it. And, and another way of kind of saying what he says here is he's saying, he's saying, look, come, come, come away with me. Right? Or, or come, come over here with me. Or you might even say, it says, like, come follow me is another way you could translate it. But the idea is, is look, come, come over here. Come over here with me. And the idea is not that we're, we're like standing here like, and we're just waiting for the command like to start. It's actually that we're over here. We're looking around. We're searching after other things. And Jesus is over here saying, come, come. What you're looking for, come over here. It's, it's, in, it's in me, come to me. I, I was thinking about this because earlier, Jesus says that we're like little children when we come to him. And I was thinking about this because Langley's a teacher. And one of the things I've observed with her with little children when she's trying to get their attention, she does, y'all seen this trick, I'm sure. She, she, she doesn't yell at them. 
she uses a small voice. She's like, if you can hear me, put your hands on your head. Y'all know this trick with little kids? Yeah? And I just thought, man, I think that's the tone in some ways of Jesus' voice. He's not yelling at us to get our attention. He's, He's saying in a gentle, lowly voice, Come to me. Come over here. And that we might hear him and respond to him. And so that's what we need to do. We need to move to him. And there's all different kinds of ways we can do that because we're all in different places in our journey with Jesus. And so the invitation is come to him. Come to him to enter into his rest. Put our trust in him and receive what only he can offer. This rest that he promises and that we long for. Now, I, I want to say that, you know, here at Apostles, we value um, good doctrine, right? We, we value belief. We just, we just did a whole series of here this summer on the Apostles' Creed, looking at the doctrines, the core doctrines of the Christian faith. And we value believing what is true and what is taught by the scriptures and what is passed down to us through the church. We, we value that. But... I think it's important to realize that there's a difference between believing all the right things and actually coming to Jesus. There is a difference because you can know all the right things. You can know all the right things and actually never know Jesus. That may surprise you, especially if you like grew up in the church. You, You can know and believe all the right things and not actually know this Jesus who's saying, come to me. You you can check all the right boxes and never come to him. You can do all the right things, say all the right things, and never actually come to him. And I know you can do that because I've done that. We're all tempted to do that. And and if I could just be so blunt, and I I say this out of love, know that, but I just, I want to be clear. There are a lot of so-called Christians People in churches across the country this morning who are living in the light of solid doctrine and are morally good people and they are destined for life apart from God forever, what the Bible calls hell. Because they haven't actually come to this Jesus. It's about Jesus. That's his invitation. Come to me, he says. And the good news The good news is that if you come to Jesus, even if you are a broken mess of a human being, like I am, there's good news. There's life with him forever. There's rest now and forever. There's hope and joy and peace and life with God in him and through him. Come to me, he says. And so my question for you this morning is, have you come to him? Have you actually come to Jesus? And maybe this morning you need to ask, am am I coming to him? It's not a one-time deal. It's come to me, come to me, come to me. He says over and over again. And maybe this morning you just need to say, Lord, I want to come to you. I don't even know how to start. Would you help me come to you? And the Holy Spirit will help you. Or may we never stop coming to Jesus. So first, Jesus invites us to come to him. Second thing I just want to point out here is that Jesus' invitation, it actually has conditions. This may be surprising. 
right? Because I, th- I think when we, we think of Jesus and love and we think it's just all wide open and this may offend some of our sensibilities, but the truth is that Jesus' heart is not open to all. It's not. And he says that right here, very clearly. It's not open to all, but I thought Jesus loved everyone. Jesus does love everyone. And he gave his life for all. But the reality is, is this invitation to his heart and to the intimacies of his heart is not open to all. And he says as much, who is it open to? To all who labor and are heavy laden, he says. A few verses earlier, I just mentioned it. What Jesus says, he says as a prayer, he says, Father, I thank you, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Jesus thanks God, his heavenly father, that he's hidden things. That sounds weird. God hides things? What kind of things does God hide. This is where I would encourage you, read through the gospel of Matthew. One of the things that will stand out to you is one of the questions that comes up again and again is, who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? And as you wrestle with that question, you begin to realize that's what's being revealed is the answer to that question, who Jesus is. So the hidden things that he's talking about here is himself, ultimately. God is choosing to reveal Jesus But he's hiding who Jesus is from who? From the wise and understanding, and he's revealing it to the little children. He's hiding it from the wise and understanding. Who who are the wise and understanding? It's a stand-in, right? For anybody who's proud, for anybody who's self-righteous, for people who think they have it all, have it all figured out, they don't need anything. In the analogy, it's interesting. You know who those people are? They're the grown-ups. They're us. All the kids just left. If you want to encounter Jesus, maybe we should all go down the breezeway because Jesus says the little children, it'll be revealed to the little children. What is Jesus getting at? Say, be like little children as you come to me. What are children like? Man, they, we just saw, they are cute. They're so sweet. They're funny sometimes, you know, but what, what else are they? I, man, I didn't expect response. I got somebody's like muttering over here. <laughs> messy, they're messy, right? <laughs> they are, they're difficult, they're draining, they're easily misled, they're confused, they're prone to temper tantrums, right? That's what little children are like. They need lots of help. They're very dependent. And so Jesus is saying, be like that. That's, my heart is open to all those who have come to that moment of honesty, Jesus says, if you see yourself like a grown-up, you don't need me. If you see yourself like a child, come to me. Come to me. If you think you're a big success, you've got to figure it out. You don't need anyone. You're in control. Jesus says, you're disqualified. You're wasting your time. Right? I mean, if that's where you're at, I'm glad you're here today, but I just want you to know like that, if, if you don't think you need Jesus, then what are you here for? But if you feel tired, if you feel disappointed, if you feel beat down, if you feel wounded, if you feel at the end of your rope, Jesus says to you, come to me. Come to me. I love how Eugene Peterson translates this in the message. Are you tired? 
Are you worn out, Jesus says? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Come to me. Jesus' invitation is for people with baggage. It's for people with a past. His invitation is for people with regrets. It's for parents who feel burned out. It's for older parents who wonder, did we do everything right? Are our kids going to be okay? Did we mess up? It's for people who feel lonely, who feel anxious at night as they lay down to go to sleep. It's for people who feel they're trapped in a loveless marriage. It's for people who worry they failed, they've ruined their life, they've ruined their career with their decisions. It's for people who are sexually broken and confused, who don't even understand who they are or what they feel or how to navigate that. People who don't look the way they think they should look or feel the way they think they should feel. People who keep secrets, people who live in fear, on and on. The list goes. Who's the invitation for? It's for us. It's for all of us. We qualify. And so he's inviting you. And he's inviting me. Come. Come to me. Come to me. And I will give you rest. Whatever your burden, Jesus' invitation is for you. Come to me. Give it to me. I already took care of it on the cross. You're forgiven. You're loved. Come to me. Jesus says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden. And then, third thing I want to point out, he makes a promise. <clears throat> and this, this is an incredible promise from the heart of Jesus. He makes you and me a promise. I will give you rest. I will give you rest. First, Jesus says, I will give you rest. How amazing is this? Jesus, personally, himself, wants to give you this gift. It's, it's from his heart to your heart. It, he, he is giving it to you and he wants to be intimately involved in your life. You know, the greatest thing, we've said this before, the greatest thing about following Jesus is what? Jesus, right? So easy to lose sight of that. The greatest thing about following Jesus is Jesus. The greatest thing about being a Christian is Christ. And he's saying, I will give this to you. Jesus wants to give this to you, this gift. It's one of the reasons we talk about following Jesus in terms of these three goals that we, we say. Be with, become like, and do the kinds of things that Jesus did. It's a lot of Jesus, right? Be with Jesus, become like Jesus, do the kinds of things that Jesus did. But notice too, be with Jesus is at the heart of that. Because the greatest thing is Jesus. And we just wanna be with him. So first he says, I will give you rest. I will give you rest, right? It's a gift. What he gives to us, he gives freely. We cannot earn it. You cannot be good enough to come to his rest. You cannot do things to manipulate God or presume upon God's, it's a gift. 
He wants to give it to you. Psalm 145, 8 says, the Lord is gracious and merciful. He is slow to anger and he is abounding, overflowing with steadfast love. That's his heart for you. That's what he wants to give. It's who he is. He loves to give. And so he wants to give you his very heart, his rest. And then Jesus says, I will give you rest, rest. What is rest? You know, rest is permission. Think about it this way. Rest is permission to stop toiling and laboring to do life without Jesus. Saying, so you don't have to do it that way anymore without me. Come to me and I'll give, I'll give you what you're after. It's freedom from this idea that at some point life is supposed to get easier. Life is hard. And life with Je- without Jesus is impossible, really. And so the invitation that Jesus has for us here is, is to let go of this idea. Let go of this idea that life is about you, that your life is about you. Rest is freedom from the self-focused life. It's actually freedom from sin is what his rest is and the consequences of sin, death. I love this quote by Ray Ortland. He says, rest is the divine profound remedy for every misery that makes us churn and sigh and leaves us restless and unsettled. Jesus gives rest of conscience, rest from the need always to be right, rest from the fear of the future, rest from self-focus and brooding, rest from our endless list of, oh, if only. Jesus knows how to lead people like us into green pastures and beside still waters where his sheep experience joy and freedom. That's his rest. Jesus is not a solution to our problems. He is rest from our frenetic existence. He's not a life hack. He is life itself. Jesus Christ offers us life, a life of rest and joy and peace. And so as we end this morning, I want to ask, are you feeling restless? We started with, how's your heart? Is your heart restless? Sometimes I think, oh, well, I I came to Jesus. I don't have a restless heart anymore. I, I have not found that to be true. Jesus is everything we need, but my heart still is prone to wander, to be restless, And so it's okay to admit, yeah, I feel restless in my heart. This is a journey that we're on, and this rest is what we long for in Christ. It's inexhaustible. It's true and lasting relief. It's freedom from the burdens you bear that you were never meant to carry. Come to me, Jesus says, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That is what you are longing for. It's what I'm longing for. It's what everybody in our city is longing for. Do we believe that? We really believe that. That's that's what they're longing for. Whether they realize it or not, our city is longing to hear this invitation from Jesus. Come to me. Come to me. Our city is full, full of amazing people. Gifted, capable, creative, successful, beautiful people who are brokenhearted. They're brokenhearted and they need Jesus. 
And who can give them rest for their restless hearts? I can tell you where they're not going to find it. They're not going to find it in the hill country. They're not going to find it a long week in Cancun. Right? They're not going to find it on their couch watching Netflix. They're not going to find it in bars. They're not going to find it in doing yoga. They're not going to find it in all the places they're looking for rest. Because that's what they're looking for. They're looking for Jesus. And Jesus offers real sinners real rest. Why are we here, apostles? What are we doing? What are we doing on a Sunday? I really, really believe it's more. It's more than just getting together to have some good times with good people, sing some good songs, hear some good words. It's to encounter Jesus. It's to hear this call, come to me. We are here for Jesus and we know that we are here for Jesus because he's the only one that has what we need. And it's why we come here every Sunday. It's why we gather together in homes. It's why we speak to one another about Jesus. It's why we pray to Jesus. It's because we need him. Jesus is here. He is here every time we gather. He is here today. And his invitation is come to me. Come to me. I wanna end with a prayer. And then I do wanna just create some space. And if it's just silent space or if if folks wanna pray out loud, um, we love doing that also. But I wanna create some space just, just for you to hear from Jesus, really. To hear this invitation into your own heart from his heart, come come to me. All who, who are desperate for rest, who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. This is a, a prayer that a friend of mine, uh, Sam, wrote. <clears throat> and, uh, and I'd just like to end with this prayer. So if you wanna just close your eyes, and I just wanna pray this over us. It's a takes the form of a conversation between us and Jesus. It says, Jesus, you say, come to me. But Jesus, I, I, I have sinned greatly. And Jesus replies, I am kind. I am not resentful. But Jesus, I've sinned over and over and over again. Jesus says, but I'm I'm patient. I'm not short-tempered. But Jesus, I'm, I'm really beat down. I'm tender. I'm not rough. But Lord, my my heart feels full of anger. So cold. I'm warm. I'm peaceful. I'm not restless. Jesus, who am I? I'm a nobody. I'm lowly and unimpressive. I've drawn near. 
I don't stand far away. But Lord, I've resented you. I've even hated you for how my life has gone. I understand. And I want to help. I love you. And I'm not indifferent to your pain. Jesus, you say, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus, help us come to you.